Irish Illustrated Insider is sponsored by VisitSouthBend.com. Is it time to check a Notre Dame home game off your bucket list? Has it been too long since you've soaked in the game day atmosphere in person? Whether it's for the first time ever or in a while, start planning your trip to South Bend to watch the Fighting Irish with ideas and inspiration at VisitSouthBend.com. You're listening to Irish Illustrated Insider. It's Thursday, September 7th. We're previewing Notre Dame at NC State this weekend. I'm Tim Priester with Tim O'Malley from Irish Illustrated. We are joined by Pete Sampson of The Athletic. Notre Dame, an eight-point favorite in what we anticipate being rainy conditions, not hurricane conditions, but just rainy conditions. And so it'll be a different ball game than what we experienced uh, seven years ago. But um, Notre Dame-NC State, I think a little bit more challenging than perhaps some would think based upon Notre Dame outscoring their first two opponents 98-6. to Yeah, well, I, I kind of devalue that part of it. Uh, the one thing I think Notre Dame really has going for it, and, and NC State does too, this this could even out, but I can't think of many games other than Ohio State and NC State that are perfectly placed on Notre Dame's schedule in terms of preparation. This is outstanding for Notre Dame. I think Ohio State is in the same realm uh, following Central Michigan. And then after that, I don't know if there is a, such a thing as a well-placed game for Notre Dame going forward just because of the string of tougher opponents. And I suppose Pittsburgh maybe after a bye. But I, so I think when you look at NC State, and I've had a few people nationally reach out and say, this feels like it could be a rock fight. It's like, eh, I, I, it could be. I, I, I could see that because I think NC State has held some stuff back. I don't think Notre Dame emptied the playbook against Tennessee State on either side. Um, it's It's an interesting matchup. And I think... I am going to, I'm pulling my score back a little bit just because of the weather conditions and I think the defensive lines, but I, I still think that Notre Dame will be able to score points on this defense. Yeah, I I agree. I feel like the weird way to look at it, but if this was like 2020 Notre Dame, so it was like the Brian Kelly, Ian Book combo, I would have 99.9% certainty that Notre Dame would win the game but it would be a one score game at the end. Yeah, that's interesting. With yeah. this team, could I could Notre Dame lose? Yes. But I could also see Notre Dame blowing them out. Um because of the dynamics of Marcus and Hartman and how well Notre Dame has played at linebacker. I think the secondary is untested but very very good. Um you know, the run game is in good shape. It's the the thing that's holding me back from that is Notre Dame's offensive line. I, I don't think they're playing nearly as well as what the two box scores would indicate. Um, and they will have to take a big step this weekend, which to be fair, offensive lines often do in yeah. the third game of the year. Yeah, I don't um I mean, I think early on I was thinking double digits, Notre Dame. I've 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 shied away from that because as you dig deeper in NC State, I mean, the most points they gave up last year was 30 points. This yeah. is still this is still, a, and that was the Clemson. This is still a, a a really good defense. I know that didn't always show against UConn, but the closer you look at that game, you know they they controlled it after the first possession when it when uh, UConn drove down and scored. Uh, they, they don't. This isn't a team that loses by twenty one points very often. Uh, Dave Dorn has a. It's a very solid program. It's not a great program. It's not, I'm not trying to say that, you know, they're better than Notre Dame or anything like that. I think if Notre Dame, I've been saying it all week, I think if Notre Dame plays well, they win this football game. But I do think that Tony Gibson, and I asked about Tony Gibson today, and so that's kind of the tip-off that I think, I think Notre Dame's offense is, is up against it here today because they need their wide receivers to be really, really good, and NC State's cornerbacks – are really good. Uh, and and so I think, you know, you'd like Nordane to be able to throw the football down the field a little bit more. We haven't seen a whole lot of that. That's probably on purpose, but it's also because Nordane's best candidates to get downfield, generally speaking, uh, haven't, haven't played very well and haven't caught football well. So, um, you know, I, I'm thinking low scoring guys. I mean, that's kind of where I have headed this week, partly because of the rain, but partly because I just think it's ultimately going to be that kind of matchup. I don't, how much credence do you put in Hartman's stats against NC state previously? I think you have to look at it very open-mindedly because 
on one hand, you can say, oh, well, that doesn't, it, you know, it's not the Wake Forest offense. Well, the Wake Forest offense was pretty damn good. It was better than Notre Dame's in, in, uh, in 2021. But the difference there is the offensive line. Maybe yeah. Notre Dame's offensive line hasn't completely gelled yet, but it's way ahead of what anything Wake Forest put out there with Sam Hartman, a quarterback. And I kind of think, Pete, you might agree with this. Wide, I mean, obviously Wake Forest's wide receivers last year were more experienced and better than Notre Dame's current group as constituted now. But if you're adding Notre Dame's running backs to the mix of offensive weapons, I think Notre Dame has more weapons than Wake Forest did last year when they played against North Carolina State. I think that they're, they're going to be able to, they have guys that can run the ball, but also all three of those guys can catch it. I mean, I, th- I think Jabron Payne can catch it too, but I don't think that's his role. I, I just feel like there's more, there's plenty of playmakers for Hartman. Uh, you could have an issue on the outside if, I mean, if if Jaden Thomas doesn't have a good game, that could be a concern because somebody else is going to have to really step up and play well that hasn't yet. It could be great. I mean, obviously, I, I love Great House in Flores, but they have tough situations going here. First round game. First round game. Yeah, yeah. You, and you can't have a total no-show by something like Colsey or Merriweather. Um, not that Colsey no-showed because he wasn't open. He played plenty of snaps. He was blocking down the field. But you, you can't have no-shows in this game. And that is still possible for Notre Dame and the wide receiver core. If this was last year's wide receiver core with Notre Dame, I'd be more concerned. And, of course, yeah, I, I, I'm adding Drew Pine. I'm adding Drew Pine to that where you can't hit yeah. downfield and stuff. Right. I, I mean, if... I could see Colsey giving them something like he gave them at Syracuse last year. Merriweather, this is not the week to try to get that figured out. Um, you got to, I think you got to roll with Flores and great house and Thomas and, you know, Evans and stays uh, throw to the backs. Um, you do need I think Tyree to make a play, right? One yeah, play, Ty- I mean, yeah, Tyree is, I think reliable to make a couple plays. Um, so that's, that that would be the formula to me. I I'm interested to sort of see how Jared Parker adjusts on the fly. Like he's your, your offense has scored 11 touchdowns and 12 drives with Sam Hartman. Like every, everything works. Like yeah. that's not going to be the case on uh, Saturday. So I you know does he get conservative? Does he sort of overthink it? Um, you know what happens when Notre Dame turns the ball over, which I think is they're due at some point to do that. Um, Go one um, yeah, and one there, though, right, Pete? One turnover yeah. against, one turnover for. Yeah. I think you're one, fine. one turnover on the road is not not bad. Um, and like, like NC State, we can talk about Sam Hartman's experience. Like NC State lost their home to Boston College last year. Like, they, I am skeptical of just the the program really rising up and seizing a moment like this. Um, they're they're a consistent, very consistent seven and five, eight and four kind of team, but not the kind that has wild swings where it wins a huge game against a, a top 10 team and then just crashes out later. It's, um, they beat the teams that they're supposed to. They lose the teams that they're supposed to. I think that and Notre Dame is a team that they should they're supposed to lose to. You have to avoid minus two turnover margin on right yeah. i mean that's like oh yeah. yeah if it's a wash then if it's one to one or two to two great um i mean as long as one of those turnovers isn't catastrophic yeah it's interesting because right now i mean you can say nc state's won 13 or the last 14 at home but they're on a one game losing streak because they lost to stinking boston college last <laughs> year now that was because their quarterback situation was screwed up by that point and so i i can sure i can understand sure. that but hey uh, i i think you both mentioned tyree i think this is a I think this is a big Tyree game, uh, especially underneath. I think it's a big throw the ball to the running backs game and, and um, tight ends game as well, because I just don't I don't know what Notre Dame's wideouts can do one on one against their two corners. So and and plus they will they will readily drop eight. In my question to Marcus Freeman today about Tony Gibson, I was glad that he threw that in there because that was. That was my notion that, wow, they will not hesitate to drop eight. And then, you know, so you have to throw the ball underneath and throwing the ball underneath to Chris Tyree when they've dropped eight is probably a pretty good situation if he avoids the first tackle, right? Yeah, throwing the ball to all of them is a good situation. Um, I, honestly, I, I think I, I'm happy to see, I, I'm excited to see Notre Dame play against the drop eight when it's not obvious that it's Drew Pine and Tommy Reese throwing against the drop eight. But Tim, I should point one thing out. Um, 
NC State's quarterback situation was messed up last year when they lost to BC, but Notre Dame's quarterback situation was really messed up last year and they won 44 to seven. I get that. I don't talk about last year's quarterback situation anymore. I'm, I'm totally grounded in the present day with Notre Dame's quarterback situation. Anything from uh, Marcus Freeman? It was brief, like 10 minutes. We didn't, as a press corps, we, uh, the three of us asked questions, but as yeah, a whole, three of us asked questions. As the whole press corps, it wasn't, it wasn't heavily populated with questions, but uh, Devin, yeah, Devin Ford's out. Um, I, I was glad to hear a question about Nolan Ziegler because a lot of people have been asking about him. It doesn't sound like in, there's anything imminent. I, I did want to, I should have tried to follow up. And I mean, is he practicing? Is he actually practicing? Uh, I'm not sure, but it, it, that doesn't really... he has practiced, but I didn't specifically ask last week. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't really matter. I mean, he painted yeah. Marcus Freeman painted a picture that it's not anything close. And so so that's the situation. Pete, you asked about kick returns, and it will be Jadarian Price and or Jeremiah Love, which is exciting as hell to think about. Yeah. Uh no, I mean, all due respect to Ford, but I feel like that position got upgraded. I know. I know. How did you win that job? Of, anyway. I was excited I've... when Ford got the job, but no, those guys are I don't I you know, frankly, I really don't want Price to do it. With the, I don't know, with the Achilles, I, I don't know. And then and do you want a freshman on the road doing it with Jeremiah Love? I don't know. It'll probably, I would imagine Price is the lead guy. There's no mention of Jabron Payne now. I think if uh, the blocking is good, I want both of those guys doing it all the time. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I would imagine that that's what, that's what they indicate. The depth chart indicated it. And then, um, you know, and then Marcus Freeman substantiating it today. But I'm not sure that there's anything else that came out of our 10 minutes. With him, is there, guys, anything else you want to mention? No, I just find it interesting with, uh, I mean, the conditions are going to play a part in this game. Things would have to change for the conditions not to play a part in this game. You know, people don't like it when I reference Brian Kelly on this, but Kelly did once say, insert joke here, that only wind should affect offense. It was quite windy in the hurricane game. And, of course, that type of weather would. But I feel like heavy rain affects offense no matter yeah, it's what that's supposed to be windy but if it gets really heavy yeah of yeah. course it, and they say they are saying thunderstorms so holy crap they could delay the game so every time i go there we get a delayed game at north carolina state that's fun noon noon start with a night game uh, finish um be, just oh, on the awful. on the kickoff thing uh last week nc state for what it's worth they had four kickoffs three of them were touchbacks so i don't think that's like yeah, a key to the game but it's worth the watching. The unfortunate modern world we live in is doesn't matter if you put Rocket back there, he might not get a chance. Yeah, especially if you put Rocket back there. <laughs> you really should. <laughs> I'm very excited to announce our new partnership with Underdog Fantasy. We decided to partner with Underdog because it's the easiest place to play fantasy sports. It's also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Underdog Fantasy has a lot to offer, including their Pick'em game. In Pick'em, you pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. It's so easy to play. Just pick two to five stats of your favorite players and choose whether they'll go higher or lower. You can multiply by 20 your money by going five for five. They also have a best ball mania. If you think you know football, you've got to check this one out. This year's best ball mania has 15 million in total prizes up for grabs with a winner taking home 3 million. So sign up today with promo code IRISH and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store. And don't forget to register with my promo code IRISH to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. You must be 18 or older and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-522-4700 or visit www ncpgambling.org segment two coming up burning up the boards if you're coming to a game this season you have to check out game day your way the official tailgate service provider of notre dame game day your way offers everything you need including tailgate gear catering and even beverage delivery right to your spot and their irish express transportation from chicago allows you to tailgate while you travel to their all-inclusive party zone in south bend let game day deal with all the hassle so you can focus on the fun. For tailgates, tickets, transportation, and more, visit gamedayyourway.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Some things are just made for each other, like tailgates and touchdowns. We're adding one more pair to the list, Aer Lingus and college football. Join us in Dublin this August for the Aer Lingus College Football Classic. Too soon? Plan your winter or spring break now with non-stop flights from cities including Chicago, Boston, Los Angeles and New York. Fly in comfort to Dublin, our European hub. Go coast to coast and discover the sights of Ireland or explore any of the 50 plus European cities we connect to, including Amsterdam, London, Paris and Rome. Visit Aerlingus.com to book today. Welcome back to segment two, Burning Up the Boards. Our first question is from Terry Benedict and he asks, was NC State looking ahead to the Notre Dame game? He's referring to a 24-14 win over Connecticut. I don't think that had anything to do with it. I think it was the first game of the year. Was that UConn? I know everybody keeps downplaying UConn, and I get it, but it's still a Jim Moore coach team that went from one win to six wins. And they, they, I mean, basically, where it's the opening drive and then a seventy-one yard run, which the seventy-one yard run was by a really fast guy, and the opening drive. Well, we've seen Notre Dame's defense struggle on opening drive, so I don't think. I don't think that had anything to do with it. I just, it was just, it was first game and UConn's just formidable enough to, to give them a, a, a game when playing in stores. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. It's not a look ahead. I also don't think it's a, you're saving stuff for Notre Dame either. Um, by nature, you would just based on game plans because UConn's built quite a bit differently than Notre Dame. But um, I think if you were Notre Dame, and you watch the UConn tape, you would come away thinking like, all right, we, we got a half decent read on like what NC State is about. We don't know everything, but like we know a lot more than we did before the game started. I think it would have held back a little defensively if I were NC State against UConn. Um, I don't think Notre Dame could hold back a lot against Navy because you can find yourself in a 21-14 game really fast midway through the third quarter when you do those things. But for crying out loud, you got to hold back a little bit against Tennessee State. There's got to be some exotics you have that are not involved in that. It's it's maybe it's, it's, probably, it's probably the last time where we don't have to hear not not that he's wrong, but we never saw any of that on tape. <laughs> We're going into week three here. After week three, we will no longer hear. We've never saw any of that on tape. Otherwise, we have a genius coach coming in to go against Notre Dame. But this could be a time where finally, maybe you didn't see it on tape either. Um, it's not their season opener, but I mean, they had to be pointing to the Notre Dame game a little bit all off season, I, right? Yeah, it's Connecticut, I, I, are you I, they players? <laughs> like that's I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't over, I mean, undersell that. And I agree with Pete that I think we have a pretty good read on what NC State does well. Like even, I mean, the players are going to play differently against Notre Dame at home than they are Connecticut. And I kind of came out of that UConn game thinking, "Wow, NC State's a little vulnerable defensively." And then when you watch it closer, not not really. It was opening drive and then one run. You know, I mean, pretty much they they control the tempo of the game after that. But now I do think, I mean, I, I I do think defensively. There's going to be some issues here. There just there just is the offensive line. Notre Dame's offensive line is not completely cohesive yet. Um, the drop eight is hard for any quarterback, and they'll do it fairly frequently. They have uh, their one defensive end, uh, Savion Franklin, that's back. Is it Franklin? I think it is yeah. that's yeah. back from injury, and he joins that. There's a good matchup. Uh, Van and Savion Jackson. Yep. Oh, Jackson. I'm sorry, yeah. Franklin. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking of, <laughs> I'm thinking of Jamie. Jamie on, I was going to say, you think yeah, of the Duke guy. Okay. He got some airtime on uh, Monday. Yeah, they look. They have two good defensive ends. They do, and Notre Dame has two good offensive tackles. So that's a that's a fun matchup to to keep an eye on. Nor, uh, Blake Fisher needs to whatever is preventing him from reaching his full potential at this point. He's he's going to have to pull it together here this weekend. Next question from Irish John M. I see the NC State defense stacking the box to stop Notre Dame's run game and then relying on their DBs to jam up our young receivers while betting on Hartman forcing the football, throwing interceptions at the rate he has against them in the past. 
if they can keep Notre Dame to 21 points or less, I think they like their chances with Armstrong's running ability, keeping the defense off balance. Thoughts? Agree or disagree? I, Heck yeah. A 21. I yeah, I mean, I I agree with everything there. I really do. And I and I also But think, I don't know about keeping them under 20. If Notre Dame has 20 points, they're in trouble. Well, it, no, I, he didn't say they were going to. He said if they can keep them under 21. Yeah, yeah, they're in trouble. But I, I don't think, I mean, I, I think Notre Dame probably scores in the 20s this game. I just do. That's that's kind of where I am right now. But I see it the same way. And I also see, I also see NC State looking at Notre Dame's defensive front and saying, we're gonna we're gonna try to run the football against this this front. Now they struggled last year. I, I realize they struggle running the football, but now they have Armstrong to complement the running game. Their running game wasn't that good the other night. I guess. I guess Houston had a long run, or am I confusing that with? Uh, I might be confusing it with with a, another game that I watched. But uh, I, you know, I I think that NC State looks at Notre Dame's defensive front and thinks we can have success doing that. Now, whether they can or not, I don't know. They have a big running back now. They don't just have Houston; they have a couple other running backs that are that that uh, made a mark against UConn, and I I see this as low scoring. I yeah you know, I agree with most of this. I, th- I think what jumps out to me that is something that I I would like to watch in detail on Saturday from the box is like how much NC State tries to jam Notre Dame's receivers. Um, Navy when I rewatched the Navy game, I was like, man, they just like everything is eight to ten yards off the ball. Like, how hard is it to play receiver in that? Um, Great House was jammed on the t- his first touchdown, but I. That that could be something where Great House and Floors, you're just like, where where are these guys? Um, it's because they get jammed out of the game. Um, they haven't seen that in terms of like freshman first road environments. Like that's all true, but I don't think that they certainly will have never played against corners or DBs as physical as what they're going to play. And it like look, that's not to say they never practiced this at at Notre Dame against Cam Hart and Ben oh. Morrison, but it's yeah. just different. Well, that goes back to like uh, the the narrative during preseason. Well, Notre Dame isn't going to. I mean, they face two of the best cornerbacks in the country in practice. Yeah, and they don't succeed. <laughs> so I mean, so what's uh, so just keep an eye out for number seven Shaheem Battle and number three Aiden White. Those are the guys that will be pressing Notre Dame's wideouts. Battle's really good, actually. When you when you watch Battle on film, that's a tough matchup. Yeah. No, definitely, and no, no doubt about that. No doubt about that. And that's why it was, that's why it was so important that we stressed that Merriweather got off to a good start in the first two games, and he didn't. Colsey did, and then Tim, the Colsey snaps, he had a he had more than I thought against Tennessee State. Yeah, I only noticed him once on the fifty yard gain. Um, by estimate, he was blocking all the way down the field. Uh, Merriweather was doing it on the 20, I think it was the 26 yard game by estimate. I do think Merriweather has done a good job blocking. The unfortunate thing is, I have gone back to watch two games a third time to watch him block. Yeah. So and I he, can say something nice. No, but he's yeah. doing a good job, it's but I nice think it should just be something you notice along with the touchdowns. Yeah. And again, I'm not, I don't think we're saying that, oh, because those two corners can shut down Colsey and Merriweather, there are other options for Notre oh, yeah. the tight ends as running backs. There's the things that you can do with Tyree when they drop eight, there's underneath stuff, you know, it's all there. It's just that if you're looking for a downfield game today or on Saturday, and it could happen. I I, I don't, I don't see that. I don't see that being the case. I'm excited to see Jaden Thomas go against good corners. Cause I think he has matured and it will be a good matchup for Thomas. I think yeah. Thomas is a strong, quick guy. Um, Notre Dame, Jason Garrett has to quit calling everyone either. He has to quit calling everyone deceivingly fast on Notre Dame, or they have to get some guys that are more obviously fast. One of the two things. Yeah. They don't confuse him as a tight end anymore. Like they did last year. He's a big guy. I don't think he's, he probably trimmed down body weight. I think he looks just as big as ever though. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And he can have a good game. I mean, I, I think we all have confidence in, in Jane Thomas, just, just getting the right matchup and you've got the quarterback to take advantage of that. And it is important, and I'm not. I don't think Merriweather's breaking out against NC State's corners in the heavy rain. But at this point last year, still, we had the lowest opinion of Jaden Thomas we've ever had after the Marshall game. Deion Colsey didn't exist, so guys can develop as the season progresses. And uh, but it is uh, you make a great point, Tim, that seeing him do something would have been great. 
going into this for his own confidence. Question from Dom W. How does Nordane get Jack Kaiser on the field for more plays, given the nickel defense is being deployed at a greater rate? Kaiser needs to be on the field more than the 14 plays he had on Saturday. He's too good of a player. I'm throwing this right to you, T.O., because I know that's in your wheelhouse. Yeah, we all agree on this. Um, Pete's been on this for a year and a half. I have been on it all off season, And I really think when Notre Dame goes nickel, which they're a nickel-based team for the most part, and it's opponent-based, but they're a nickel-based team for the most part because people have to be. I think Jack Kaiser should be the Mike in nickel. Um, I don't mean in the base. I think J.D. Bertrand should be the, 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 the starting Mike in base. But we did ask Al Golden. And he kind of bristled, not shockingly on this one. Uh, he said it was because we went from like a competitive first quarter to the game being over. And then once we felt it was out of hand, especially at halftime, any progression that we made, we wanted to go to the twos and the threes. And then we said, well, so there will be a smaller gap in snaps next time. He said, no doubt for us, it's become paramount to protect the guys that were playing because the game was in hand. Um, I, I just Harper starts and they pull the rover like it's a system. And I don't like that system. That's my argument for Kaiser you being in there. Nice Paul Bertrand and nickel. If you're going nickel, I think you should have Kaiser as your mic and nickel. <laughs> I I would argue that maybe you should be playing nickel a little bit less. Um that, that's possible. Not that too. Harper is a bad player. I thought he was productive, but again, it's Tennessee State. I just I I find it curious to me that they're like in nickel on third and two. Um and I wonder this weekend where the quarterback is a serious, serious run threat. Um, if having a more experienced um, in the system guy out there more often, like Kaiser over your nickel makes more sense. Um, that I think the Leofau, well, I would like to see Kaiser get more reps inside in nickel and dime. Um, maybe being in base a little bit more on Saturday makes more sense. We'll see. And third and two, NC State's in a better situation in third and two this year uh, with Delbert Mims the third. He's 5'11", 215, but he looks – he plays like he's 230 to me. You know, kind of well, – with, with Armstrong, too. There's a third and two. He's tough. In third oh, two. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that that's Sam Howell. I don't care how many guys you got on top of his back. He's going to carry you until he gets past the yard marker for a first down. That's yeah, just he doesn't throw like that, though. Thankfully. No, he doesn't throw. No, he does not throw like that. And that's why – you know, veering off a little bit here. I mean, if receivers are open, Armstrong's going to going to hit them. But I, but if Nordame's corners, if Nordame's coverage is good on NC State's wideouts, Armstrong's going to struggle because he's not there. He's not a precision precision thrower. Yeah, it's weird because I feel like uh, he was more accurate a couple of years ago. Well, he was sixty-six. Yeah, he was sixty-six percent. Well, I know he was. I know he statistically was, yeah. he was way better, but it just feel it felt like the balls he threw were tough to deal. With. It just doesn't. I don't know what happened. Honestly, I don't, no, I don't I say mean, there. I didn't. It's, it's there were a lot thing. of reasons why he struggled last year, but but seven touchdowns and twelve interceptions is seven touchdowns. Yeah, he dropped eleven percent right. passing to sixty-five yeah. percent fifty-four. Yeah. That's just a strange. Yeah. Man, I'm not. I don't want to underestimate him, but. You know, I, I, again, if Nordane plays the coverage that they're capable of playing, he's going to have a hard time against Nordane's secondary, too. Yeah. Yeah. Next question along those lines struggling against secondaries. C Norman 83. What credence do you give Sam Hartman's experience against NC State, both positive and negative? And how do you see it impacting the game on Saturday? Tim, you wrote about it, this a little bit in Thursday Thoughts, I believe. Yeah. And did. Did we did we address this on Monday? We do so many instants and podcasts, and I don't even. Well, know we talked to Jared Parker about it on Tuesday. That's for sure. Yeah, and, then, and then we have that too. I, I mean, I, I feel like I'm 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 walking over this information over and over again. Um, I mean, he's one and two against NC State. The numbers are all on Irish Illustrated. I've written it multiple times. I, I, you know, he didn't. Tony Gibson's a good defensive coordinator. He, yeah, he I got him here, Pete. So you people can hear him. Uh, one it, and kid. two, fifty-four percent passer. Well, fifty-five percent passer. Six TDs, six picks. Um, this is three games against NC State. Three games against NC State. I think that's what people look at. Um, it's not nothing, but I agree that the offensive line is the main thing there. Uh, Jared Parker really downplayed it, but what do you expect him to do 
as the offensive coordinator say I'm concerned about NC State's ability to defend Sam Hartman probably not um I also think they looked at a lot more Sam Hartman NC State film than they let on yeah I I think the concern I to me is minimal to none um because I think of all of all the numbers like the six picks I get it to me it's 95 like that's the number of pass attempts he had against NC State the last two games there is no way in hell that oh Notre Dame is going to throw the ball 43 times. Or 95, Saturday. Pete. Definitely not 95. There's well, no way. Yeah. yeah, over two. Definitely not 95. But Sam Hartman is not throwing the ball 45 times um, on Saturday. If you throw the ball 45 times, you're probably going to throw a couple picks because those are the percentages. But also, I think what was the... Wake Forest rushing output in the game two years ago? I had this up and I took it down. It's... Or, I'm sorry, the game last year, Wake Forest finished with 25 carries for 17 yards. Also not happening. If it does, Notre Dame's going to lose. But I just, I don't see that happening. Um, no. So I think it's it's a, it's a use of Sam Hartman. It's how he was used was the issue more than just what the stat line is. I, Pete, I agree with what you're saying. My only caveat would be if he tries to, to force a ball to Merriweather with battle and, and or white in coverage that may get picked because Merriweather just loses the rep. He doesn't win the rep against a quality corner, yeah. but I agree with everything else you're saying there. They, yeah, if they have to throw 45 times, man, they're chasing, they're chasing most of the day, then probably guaranteed I, loss. <laughs> a question from pin and pole. Jared Parker was afforded the opportunity to start in the shallow end of the pool for the first two games as offensive coordinator. How do you expect the offense to evolve in terms of scheme personnel and play calling now that Nordium is playing a competent power five opponent. First of all, I hate starting the shallow end of the pool. No one should do that. Jump right in. Feels much better. Don't step in there, walk in. It's freezing cold. Um, the I think the evolving starting now, it, it, we saw a little bit of the second half. I think Price and Love will be very much involved in the passing game, every game going forward, because in space they make plays. Now that they're down to four running backs, I'm going to really argue that all four running backs stay involved, Pete Sampson, because it used to be yeah. five and it was really hard to do. But now they're down to four, right? For a I can get while. behind a four-headed monster. All right, there you go. So I think those four guys are going to be involved. And as we saw, um, Mitchell Evans is a, is a fine tight end. There's no, I'm not, he's not like the weapon. He's the fifth or sixth guy, but he's an absolutely fine tight end. If you're going to let Mitchell Evans run some free releases in zones, Sam Hartman's going to find him for 60 yards in a game. So I, I think... I don't want to make these big predictions about the wide receivers. Uh, I think great house will keep getting better. Flores will keep getting better, but I really like the running backs and Mitchell Evans going forward. I think what we've seen is pretty much who Notre Dame's going to be. Uh, I would, I would be interested to sort of see if you have four great running backs or four really, really good running backs. Like he played two at the same time. Um, right. You know, a little bit more 21 personnel here and there. Um, you know, Sam Hartman as an RPO thrower, we haven't seen. Um, yeah, I think great. Sam Hartman's rushing attempts last week were more sort of like the flow of the play than the design of the play. That's something that could change a little bit over time. Because um, I, I think even you go back to the the NC State Wake Forest game from two years ago, I think Sam Hartman had like 12 rushing attempts, 13 rushing attempts in the game. Three of them were sacks. Um, so there was at least some uh, intention to run him. But um, I think I think Notre Dame's offense sort of is what it is. Like, you're not going to do any funky new stuff with Audrick Estime at this point. I realize it's slanted by the first two games, but I have a I have a fairly high degree of confidence in Jared Parker as a play caller. Moving forward, of course, it's got to, it's it's going to be a lot different. You're not going to be able to snap off eight yard runs, you know, every other handoff. Um, but I think he's composed. I think he knows what I, I think he knows what he wants to do. Mm -hmm. I think he'll go into this game very as well prepared as you can against what he knows about NC State. I have confidence in Jared Parker with the with the you know. I mean, he's got he's got to prove it. it the proof is coming up here, not not the last two weeks. I have confidence in Parker as well, and especially because his quarterback is Sam Hartman, who's good at football. Yeah, he is good at football. We have a question from the Irish Rover. Do you think L. Golden will stay aggressive 
against a scrambler like Brennan Armstrong or have the defense drop back into coverage more often to make him beat the Irish with his arm? I think this is a great question because uh, I think Al Golden's just an aggressive play caller defensively. He wants to, I think he wants to be aggressive, but boy, do you not want to release Brennan Armstrong into the second level as opposed to him standing back there. It is. So I think for the, I'm, I hate saying the word, I think there will be a spy on Brennan Armstrong so the defensive front can get there. I think it's the key to the game. Spy him, Tim. Can the can the defense, can the front four, can four guys, not the front four, can four guys get to Sam Hart or get to Brennan Armstrong? Um, I don't want him running. I want Brennan Armstrong looking to throw on second and 10 and third and seven. I wonder if this is like, a, it's not an Al Golden question, and maybe it's more of an Al Washington question. Um, the defensive line was really bad at executing the game plan against USC, like really, really bad. They ran right by Caleb Williams. So how do you be aggressive but not run by Brennan Armstrong? So you're you're behind him. Yeah. Um, which is they just mentioned like, that right, Marcus? I think mentioned it. Yeah. Oh, okay. He was pissed about it after the game. Allegedly, we weren't in the press conference, but it uh, it you can't have that happen again. Um, that that was sort of a failure of taking the scheme and implementing it. So I've how many times a defensive lineman is behind Virginia's quarterback might be kind of an interesting thing to track on Saturday. Uh, for the record, the reason we weren't at that press conference with Marcus Freeman post USC, because we could not get, we couldn't get by the, the Security. Uh, nobody Tyler yeah. James. He was only Tyler James. Yep. <laughs> he did a good job. He asked like Marcus wasn't looking to talk and he asked the six questions yep. he needed to ask. Yep, it was yep, good. Yep. So I want to bring this up now because I won't have another chance until Notre Dame plays in a uh, playoff game. Uh, I thought the best I've ever seen stopping a capable passer, but a guy you did not want on the move was Alabama against Golson. They had also better players than NC state, but they would knife up field. So there was no escape left or right for Golson, which he wanted to do. And that makes your spy viable because when you have to step up, then your person that is spying on the defense or on the quarterback can actually make a play. And I would love to see another team do it, but I would also like to ask Brian Kelly or Marcus Freeman or any offensive coordinator in the future, like how hard is this to do? Because literally Golson had no shot. He actually played well in the game. He had no shot at getting outside. And I think that just really is a big deal for a guy like Armstrong, that if he gets outside left can throw and just run, you know, last year he had a, at least a 10 yard run in every game. And that was his bad year. Yeah, I believe it. Um, you got to be judicious with your blitz, man. I mean, you got you got to be smart about this, Pete. I think that's an interesting stat. Count how many times a a, yeah. a pass rusher is behind Brennan Armstrong. Uh, but you got you know obviously some of the like in the pocket. I mean, obviously yeah. he's going to take off and you're going to be behind him. But right. but you know, I mean, some of the cliches. You got to stay in your lanes, and yes, you got to have you got to have a spy. You got to have somebody that is that is on the lookout for him to run because he won't, you know, Sam Hartman wants to stay back there and throw this guy. No hesitation whatsoever to take off and run. And he's a big, strong kid. And, and, um, and it's a smart move for him most of the time, but it will be a challenge. This is a really, I mean, it's a good question because of course the answer is both and you have to, it's a bit of a juggling act. And Tim, your spy, even though you don't want to use the word is Leah Fowl, correct? I th- I think he's the the best equipped to do that. Yes. Next question, Jrick sixty eight. Since this is the first decent sized test of the season, which Notre Dame position group or player or coach having a really good day on Saturday would make you think, "Wow, this team might just have something special being built." Colsey and Merriweather. If I mean, if those two combine for six catches for eighty seven yards, you got something going on, man. Do you want to put a a wager on that or? <laughs> No, I'm, okay, all right. I, there was a big if it was capital okay. I, capital F before before I said. Um, it. I mean, it's obvious. I'll just I'll stick with Sam Hartman. Um, but my my secondary would be the offensive line. That's that's the group that if they take a step forward, specifically like Blake Fisher, um, then I would sort of be like, okay, like maybe the ceiling is even higher than I would I would have thought. Um, which I st- I, it's quite high as is, but um, if the offensive line plays well um, and dominates at times, then that might 
that might sort of change the the look of the season. Uh, I agree with offensive line because I think it makes everybody better, including Sam Hartman and the running backs and everybody else involved. And, and I'll so- go with the corners because we've said so much about the corners the entire offseason. If you see Morrison, Mickey, and Hart locking stuff down, and Clarence Lewis coming into the dime, and all of a sudden Brandon Armstrong's confused and they make him look like he did last year, then you think, aha, they can go out and play playoff-level football because they never have corners that can do that. Now, there's Armstrong definitely gets picked off this weekend, and if you can make it two. That's quite plus, a difference. That's yeah, the difference. Yeah, but I think he gets picked by one of those two corners, or if it, I mean, it could be a safety, I guess, too, depending upon the coverage. But I shouldn't say never have corners. Obviously, the 2018 team had corners that could do that, but when they lost one, it was a problem. Question from Any Davis too. How would you attack Notre Dame both on offense and defense? We're starting to we are starting to walk over some of our answers here with our questions. Yeah, I would do what Priester, I agree with you. I would attack Notre Dame. Uh I'd attack the line and see if they can hold up. Because I think you keep Notre Dame in a patient, low scoring game is how you get them too. I don't think I don't think NC State wants to see if they can get into a 35-33 game or 35-34 game in this, but 24-21 probably plays to them. And then the question, pardon me, Pete, but the question from Irish John M. I think that's how you, that's how you attack Nordame's offense in this yeah, game. I, this game. I would bl- I would blitz them, but I wouldn't blitz them in like a zone drop blitzy kind of way. I would send more guys than Nordame could block, and I would force Nordame's running backs to pick it up, uh, especially if Price or Lover in the game. Like I would I would heat those guys up um, as much as I could. Is look Hartman has been. Flawless against the Blitz this year. Um, I think I have him at like 12 of 12 for 137 yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, 12 of 12, 137 yards, four touchdowns. Like you're playing with fire, but like I think that Notre Dame's running backs, especially the younger ones, are susceptible to giving up pressures because they don't know where it's coming from. Nor nor do I know if Audric Estime is like a lead at it. Um, He just hasn't done it a ton. Um, And then defensively, Oh man, I don't you're not going to confuse the linebackers. Um and I'm not really sure what the strategy is to like isolate the safeties. Like you try to hit them down the seams a little bit, I guess. Um I don't know. I I'm not sure how it would attack the defense. I'm not sure there's an obvious answer. Let let me insert right here if I could a, a little talk about NC State's wide receivers because I think they're still developing. Uh they like they like Kevin Concepcion, a, f- a freshman who impressed in the spring, but he is still a true freshman playing his second game. Terrell Timmons is a guy that um, he drew an interference, I think, in the end zone. He was ready for a hot, hot read the other night. He can do some things. There's been talk about the chemistry that Armstrong and Porter Rooks, uh, number four, they've, they've developed Rooks put up some numbers last year he made a great guy he made a great catch on third down against UConn uh Julian Gray I mean I, I just I don't think it's a I don't think it's an overly noteworthy receiving core and so I think you know we can talk about NC State's cornerbacks against Notre Dame's receivers I think Notre Dame's secondary against their yeah. receivers is a good matchup for Notre Dame too next from Irish fan 425 what will Armstrong's final stat line be running and passing to result in a Notre Dame win? Under 60% completion, which means that Notre Dame is defending well because he can't, I don't think, he can consistently thread the needle to guys that are generally covered. And then, you know, I mean, the the running numbers, I don't, I don't the, the, the actual rushing total doesn't matter as much as when it's third down and he tries to get a first down, how many times is he successful? Yeah, that's that's number one to me. Is like how many first down rushing attempts did he create, or you know what I mean? How many first yeah. downs did he rush for? Yep. And um, not not on second and three. That's fine. He can rush for first down on second and three. Like that's. Yeah, I mean, that counts too. Um, it does. But, I mean, but they should get if, it anyway. If it's like a one, if there's one third and nine, like that is going to be very painful. Um, so <laughs> avoiding avoiding that scenario is at least one paramount. It's going to happen at least once, man. Well, him running, yeah, I mean, it, it usually does. With He's he just had so many. Uh, if you look at his game logs, it's incredible how well he does picking up 10 yards and first downs. And 
All right, let me let me see how many first downs he's. I had this picked up too. So he's run for not including when he was barely playing the first couple of years. He has run for one ninety nine first downs. He's run for ninety nine first downs, man. It's basically three years. It's just a lot of for. It's a lot of. It's a, it's a heck of an effort. Um, his best year running, he had more yards after contact than Caleb Williams did last year against Notre Dame. Not just Caleb Williams, but Caleb Williams against Notre Dame. More than Ian Book ever did, more than Audric Estime, more than Kyron Williams. I mean, he he does make tacklers miss. Uh, so I I really think containing him in the run game is it. Uh, if Brandon Armstrong is going to beat Notre Dame's corners with his passing ability, then they're going to lose to USC and other teams too. And I don't he he I don't think he'll make it through the season unscathed. He take he he physically takes people on. He relishes the contact. So he is the, listed as the same size as Steve Angeli, and that's not possible. <laughs> it doesn't look like it. It's certainly well. He's old. He's a lot older. So yeah. <laughs> I guess it's mature weight or what what have you. Yeah, uh, man. I mean, he he relishes. He wants he wants contact, and that over the course of thirteen, uh, 13 game season, that's he won't hold up. He won't hold up. So, but you know. Probably will get through this game just fine. I would. Yeah, <laughs> that's what matters to Notre Dame fans. UNC Clancy, how do you see the Irish offensive line matching up with State's defensive line with the return of Savion Jackson? Is this the defining matchup of the game? I think Pete and Tim have both touched on this. That's. I mean, it's an important one, but I think it, the defining matchup is how Notre Dame's defense corrals Brennan Armstrong. But yeah. this this would be an easy number two for me. And then I would throw in Notre Dame's whiteouts. But yeah, I mean there are there are several really mm-hmm. really important matchups here. Um, you know, I mean, I'm 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 just <laughs> as concerned the other the uh, it, bo- both both games in the trenches are this is a, this is an interesting game. It's an interesting game. That's why I think it could be a it could be a slog. I mean, I think it could just be a slugfest. Uh, I'm taking the under. And that's my that's my pick of the week. And it's a low, it's a low number for over under. So it's it's a little bit risky, but you know, because a turnover, if it's rainy, a turnover could lead to a couple scores. And I don't know. There's a lot of defining matchups here. I think it's a I think it's a really interesting, maybe not the most aesthetic of uh, games to watch. Not not Colorado T- TCU by any means. But I think I just think I think it's going to be a slugfest. I think it's going to be low scoring. Remind me when it's uh, it's people, 14, people on the 14 after board, the first quarter, 14, 14, they're up and down the, the field. Board, remind me how stupid I am in the first quarter when it's 17 14. Final question just LP Did Priester secure an after press conference deal for the sports coach? I did not. And, you know, I expected somebody from Notre Dame when I was leaving to ask me my what size sport coat I wore. <laughs> so since nobody asked, I just went, you know, 46 regular. And uh, we might have we actually we might have some connections that that uh, lead us in the direction of. Man, what is that? I mean, I thought that was I couldn't help myself, man. I just felt. You were fishing for uh, yeah, I felt a, a little a hook up there. I felt a little froggy and I left. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a nice Mark's free and had a nice jacket on. Um, the designer is ESQ clothing. If you're curious, um, big Notre Dame brand. So mm-hmm. you might be might be able to know somebody who knows somebody who can get you a hook up there. I'm not sure everybody. I had two questions of Marcus Freeman on on uh, Monday. One was football related, and the other was the other was like, "You look good." If 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 you aren't if you aren't sporting those threads this weekend, do you mind if I wear them to the game? Yeah. He never did really uh, answer, so I guess I'll take that as complimented your shirt. That's not bad. Well, it, it, ironically, it was very similar in color, but it wasn't as cool as it wasn't as cool as color wise that's it like i i know you guys get questions on the message board and i get in my mailbag like about notre dame releasing stuff that marcus freeman wears the problem isn't the clothing it's the body type under the clothes like yeah. if you yeah. worked out like marcus freeman you also would look good in those clothes but you probably don't all right we got we have predictions from these two uh from our uh other two esteemed guests here today i will try to avoid giving my prediction ahead of time like I did last week. 
I think it was fitting last week. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sti- I'm sticking with the under. All right, guys, hit it. Uh, I I'll go first because then O'Malley can steal my prediction after I have already presented it. Um, I like Notre Dame twenty eight twenty. Um, I think that Notre Dame will score enough. And I, I think it will be a 28-20 where NC State scores a touchdown in the fourth quarter to make it 28-20. I don't, I'm not a big believer in NC State's offense. Um, I think that Notre Dame's defense will show itself to be as good as I think that it is, um, which is better, way better than what I thought it was going to be um, in spring or summer, or even when training camp started. So I think Sam Hartman will play well. Um, I think Notre Dame's defense will play well, and this it will finish 28-20, but it will have a feel of more like a two-score game, even though it ends as a one-score game. Not terribly far off. I am sneaking the game over at 31-21. I was tempted to... I, I can't see a lot of field goals if the weather's like that. The situation, you're, you're, you know, you're... You kick the 46-yard field goal in bad weather? I don't think so. So I am in the 31-21 range. Uh, I don't like being talked into things I don't believe in. So I think Notre Dame's offense is going to play well on this game. Uh, and I, I I think Notre Dame's defense will set themselves up for something as well. Uh, 31-21 Notre Dame. And I think the running backs will have a lot of total yards in terms of yards from scrimmage more so than just three guys running for 90, 60, and 50. I think you're going to get those guys involved. And you're 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 saying you don't believe in the NC State defense's ability to hold Notre Notre Dame under thirty? Is that what you're I saying? Think, I think they can. Uh, I just don't. I think Notre Dame will keep coming at them, and I think that I think Notre Dame is a good offense right now. Yeah, they got a really good offense. It's I, that's why I just think it's a great matchup. I'm really looking forward to it. Coming up on Irish Illustrated staff picks, the Irish Illustrated preview, who and what to watch, quick hits pregame. Pre-game instant analysis, post-game instant analysis, Irish Illustrated overtime. I'm going to take a nap because we got a lot to do here before we get out to Raleigh on Saturday. But really looking forward to it. Until then, Tim Priester, Tim O'Malley, Pete Sampson, this has been Irish Illustrated Insider.